1: Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. We have got uh, one of those episodes where we process through something. We're going to do, again, I have some stuff for my class that I'm going to throw at Amanda, and she and I are going to go through the process of how we select a couple of different things for a unit. I've already got some of the pieces of the puzzle put into place. And I'm going to tell Amanda a few things she doesn't know yet. And then she and I are going to think through how to find text pairings and supplemental texts for a like an anchor text within a unit. It's all going to make sense in a moment, I promise. Hi, Amanda.
0: Oh, hey, Marie. Hi, everyone. One thing I think Marie and I wanted to clear up before the intro music is the title of this episode and some of the different ways that we throw around the word text pairings and supplemental texts, because this is something that may or may not be what you want to listen to. So if you're listening right now and you're like, okay, this is what I need, or this is not what I need right now, when we talk about text pairings, My definition for that, and by the way, the definition doesn't matter as long as you are defining for yourself what you need, Uh, but when I say that I'm looking for a text pairing, that means I'm looking for a slightly longer piece of text, or even if the text itself isn't longer, we're going to study it more in depth. Than a supplemental. So um, I gave Maria this example just a few minutes ago. I'm thinking, you know, when I do a dystopia unit, we usually like to start in a short story mm-hmm. and spend a few days on that, whether that's We Ate the Children Last or Harrison Bergeron or whatever it might be, to be or not to be. We're going to spend some time there. And so when we get into the novel or we get into the choice unit, whatever it is coming up next, we kind of have this text in common. It's, it was a pairing. And then we use it to compare and contrast. We use it to anchor some of our discussions. It's it's definitely more usable. Whereas for me, a supplement is going to be, I'm going to pop it in on a Friday. I'm going to pop it in on a Monday. Uh, we're going to use it and we're going to talk about it, but we're also going to leave it. It uh, might just kind of stay there until maybe the summative or they do a synthesis uh, or a discussion. It'll come back later. So for me, text pairing is a size and like duration Difference, in case you're wondering, or if that helps you decide if you're going to keep listening, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yes. And when we talk about, there are two other things that we're going to talk about. One is like a core or an anchor text, which I already mentioned a second ago. And I mean, as the name goes, it's kind of like the thing, right? So we here at Brave New Teaching are all about decentering text and making it not a not a Hunger Games unit, but a unit on dystopia where Hunger right. Games is the, the center or the anchor or the core text. Then a pairing, like Amanda said, would be something like the short story uh, by Kurt Vonnegut, Harrison Bergeron. Maybe that's an introductory text that gets you into the genre. Maybe that's just something that we can go back to and kind of compare and contrast as you go along the way. It's also, Amanda mentioned, a wonderful tool for something like a choice unit where you have something in common that's not a huge text, It's something short. It's something manageable and accessible, but it's also like lays a foundation. And then it's something to keep coming back to as like a landing point, if that makes sense. The last kind of text we're going to talk about is a supplemental text. Supplemental text and text pairing, not that different by like any means other than what Amanda just said. The depth, maybe the length of the text, but the depth by which you're going to use it. So like, most TED Talks, most articles, even poetry, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. short stories or like story excerpts, things like that in my classroom and in Amanda's classroom are gonna be generally considered and used as supplementals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I think that that makes sense. By the way, everybody, we had to define that for ourselves before we started recording. So we were like, well, wait, what are we talking about? To make sure that we're super, super clear, because what we're about to do is go through a just kind of like finding and a thinking through of finding a text pairing and at least two supplementals for a unit that I am planning using the anchor text Frankenstein. (sighs) Who's ready to cue the music? Let's do it. Raise your hand. Cue the music.
0: You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the
1: status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a
0: teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're
1: here. Enjoy the show. And we're back. Okay, here comes one of my favorite segments. We don't really have segments, but you know what I mean, where I throw random things at Amanda, and then we think through them out loud. And it's very much in the moment and raw. And here comes a thought process of two high school English teachers. Are you ready?
0: (laughs) This is real. This is real people. I mean, I always (laughs) some yogurt and I didn't even hear what Marie's I heard Frankenstein. I said, Okay, let's go.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. As you all know, long-time listeners or even short-time listeners know that Amanda's got a weird thing for Frankenstein. And I have decided to incorporate that text because it is rigorous and short, and it'll work really brilliantly in the second quarter of my uh, World Lit class. So, Amanda, do you want to talk through your little essential question, kind of like planning triangle, very briefly? Just like yes. the points.
0: Yeah. So this is not an essential question workshop. Marie's already got her essential question ready to go. Um, but the the process that we're starting with means that you must already have your EQ as well. I, I don't think, you know, you can start brainstorming supplementals and brainstorming text pairings before you get to your EQ, but solidifying that really needs to be, you know, happen after you've solidified your EQ. So for me, an EQ is driven by three factors but not necessarily equal in weight. One would be themes that are really important to you, the texts that are, or text, whether that's a central or some other ideas you already have in mind, and then skills. And so those things, if you're interested in learning more about how essential questions are written and how that process works with those three things, please check out episodes. We've got linked in the show notes for you. We've done multiple Essential Question Workshops, I have an Essential Question Masterclass that you can take that's got a bunch of question stems and ways to put things together. So there's lots of resources out there, but themes, texts, and skills are what Marie has already assembled to write this essential question that I'm hearing for the first time. Yes. So my text, Frankenstein, themes,
1: humanity, and technology, skills, we're going to do some research. We're going to do some argument. Uh, that's actually the big two. Those are the big two. I mean, with some, with presentation, but it's going to be research, like true research, college level, if you will, yep. and, uh, just deepening analysis and like really honing analytical skills. So my essential question is drum roll, please. Ready, ready? How I know it's, and by the way, everybody has heard it before. If you've been listening this year, uh, how does technology affect our humanity? Keep talking. I'm writing this down. That's fine. So uh, Frankenstein, again, like I said, short and rigorous. Probably going to do away with the letter at the beginning. Letters? Letter? The beginning letter portion. Because, I don't know, maybe we'll do something cool with it in the intro, but I'm kind of me. It's a little dry and like, for what? And for the purposes of my themes, humanity and tech, humanity being like how we treat each other. I'm (laughs) not like... Like, oh, the humanity, right? Like that. And then technology's effects therein. What I am getting at with research is they are going to be answering, well, first of all, our main essential question is how does technology affect our humanity? The research question is going to be what has been the single most, I don't know if it's beneficial, but uh, what technological advancement has had the greatest impact on humankind Mm. or the trajectory of humanity or something like that? Okay. So, and it's gonna be three or four weeks on a quarter system. So seeing them every day for ninety minutes for three or four weeks. Seniors.
0: Okay. So you're looking for a combination, like let's get some text pairings idea ideas out there and some supplemental ideas as well. Yeah. So I would like one
1: pairing, honestly, like one, whether it's a short story, probably not a short, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards something nonfiction as a pairing. Mm. I'm leaning towards a poem of sorts or a song or something real artsy fartsy for one of the supplementals
0: and then an article or a TED talk. That's just kind of like where my gut is leading me so, okay. So let me talk listeners through how do you even start this process? Yep. Um, there is not a magical ingredient. Um, well, there, there are actually, there are some humans that you might know in your life that are the kinds of people who send you articles all the time. Who mm-hmm. are like, Oh, I read this article and I was up at three in the morning and I saw this article. Like I have one of those friends and I have a special inbox in my inbox. I have a folder just for him. It's called the Brian Turnbaugh folder. <laughs> and so that folder, I mean, and I, we don't teach together anymore, but I still get emails from him, tweets from him, like just things that he says, Oh, I thought of you. And I saw this, or I thought about this class you taught. And so I do have a magical folder. So some of the things I pull out do come from other people who are just brilliant and like can consume information. Like, like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a Brian Turnabout in your life and you are like, what, where do I start? This is where the themes of that essential question or the brainstorming piece come into play because themes are keywords. Speaking of research, those themes Mm -hmm. are really powerful in a Google search engine. So starting at Google, I will type in probably the most basic version of that, which would be technology and humanity. I mean, that's where I start. And from there, I start to sift through and I usually will take notes on kind of like the different threads that it starts to take me on because, you know, Google is basically a human. And so as I get through more and more, I'll start to take my searches other places. So maybe I've refined technology down to artificial intelligence. Maybe that's a little bit more specifically what I want because I know what I know about Frankenstein and there's that piece of, you know, him going from right, a a creature to being sensitive, like a human, like maybe artificial intelligence is the route we end up wanting to go. Mm -hmm. So maybe I take artificial intelligence and the future, and that search term. So I kind of start to brainstorm and do synonyms of my original themes, which is exactly what we teach our students to do in research. So I just, that's really what I do. And then so for me, it starts at Google. And then I go directly to TED. I do like to go to the Ted search engine versus YouTube sometimes because they like to recommend playlists on Ted, which are really cool and really helpful. I don't need to sort through all of the random stuff on YouTube. I like to go straight to Ted sometimes and Ted Ed for that matter. Um, I'll even search Netflix sometimes with those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, kind of like just go into your search engine glory and start digging through. I mean, that's, I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, it's just kind of, it's another step if you've never done it before. So like, that's where I'm going to start. I just had a great idea. Well, this kind of goes against
1: what I was saying. Maybe I want two pairings because I kind of want to use Edward Scissorhands as one of my pairings.
0: Okay. All right. So see, I got you going on a thing. Yes. And while this,
1: okay, the reason that I'm going against what I was saying. So, okay. Pause Marie. As Amanda gets talking, Right, I feel like I should be fully transparent. This, I'm not starting this completely from scratch. I already have the idea that I would like some sort of a nonfiction. Maybe it's an essay. Maybe it's a documentary. Maybe it's something like that to be a pairing because of where I want them to go with research. Like, so I, I want, I know that I want that skill set to be not glossed over, but glimpsed at within a pairing. And I also know that I want the pairing to uh, happen early on in the text. Like we're going to, we're going to do them at the same time. It's not going to be an introductory system here, but I want it to happen side by side early on. So week one, I also know that I want to really dig into their analytical skills. So I would like to pull something very artsy like a song or a poem or a photograph or a piece, you know, or, or other type of piece of Visual art. So I've thought through a lot of these things and I've tied them to my skills. Like that's, that's how I think through this piece is I, if I have absolutely no idea where to even start, like you were saying, if you don't have that person that you've got a special like folder in your inbox, (laughs) lean on your skills, lean on the theme, lean like Amanda's saying. Skills help me a lot because I will block out my weeks. I will block out and template out my weeks, looking at my unit as a whole, look at all the skills I need to hit, right? And and I'll I'll, kind of use those as like building blocks. By the way, those of you who have been through curriculum rehab, you are seeing all the things that we've taught you in curriculum rehab with new layers on top of them. This is just another, like you just took the little prism and turned it and now you're just seeing it from a different angle as to how we do all of this stuff. Hello, friends. Please excuse the interruption of this episode. We wanted to let you know about something very, very exciting coming to you from Brave New Teaching.
0: This is fireworks and confetti. Do you hear it? We are so freaking pumped to bring you the Shakespeare Teacher Festival again. Round two, we are bringing to you an entirely new modern take on Shakespeare in the classroom. So if you joined us last year, that's awesome. But this year... Everything is brand new. Absolutely. Last year was
1: Basics with the Bard, and this year's Shakespeare Teacher Festival is Shakespeare in the Modern Classroom with your modern students and exactly how to frame that, what we do, we're going to dive into some specific plays, a little bit deeper of a look at some of the most commonly taught plays, hem Romeo and Juliet, let's frame that differently. And we can't wait to get started. So make sure that you head to the show notes or just go to brave new to get yourself registered. Make sure you bring in a couple of friends with you. It's going to be a good time. All right, let's get back into the show. So with all of that in mind, let's jump into where we're going to go. Okay, so let me write down in my notes that I want to use Edward Scissorhands as one of my pairings. I don't know. That might not work out, but it's an idea.
0: It's an idea, and it's a starting place because it's so funny because I actually went the film route as well. Yeah. I thought, ooh, there are some really good ones, and I did not check out the documentary side either. I'm sure if I went to a Netflix documentary search – there's probably some really cool things, but my search is returning some really cool ideas. I know these are kind of overlapping into dystopia, but I think your question sort of is too. Well, yeah, it, it is. I mean, OK,
1: before you go, like I, I feel like the way I see this, since you mentioned AI and I'm talking about technology yeah. and humanity and we're literally talking about using technology to create humanoids. Human life, yeah. yeah. Um, that's kind of like,
0: yeah, it's totally dystopian in essence and I, I, it all works, but that's cool. Like that's high interest right. for kids. Like that's a great, you know, and part of that process is like these text pairings, these supplements are sometimes the only thing that some of your kids will actually read or experience because we know we've talked about this in our other episodes, there's no guarantee that our kids are going to get page one to page end of that core text. And we're not going to stop everything we're doing and read it out loud to them. So we balance this unit with things that are high interest and are going to be kind of like that gateway into the core text. So to your point, I think AI is a really cool way to go. Uh, Blade Runner is an oldie. I bet kids haven't seen it. I bet you're right. There's no way kids have seen it. Um, there are certainly Terminator. some other. I mean, Terminator <laughs> is definitely on that list. I mean, to see an old Arnold would be maybe kind of like really even RoboCop. Like some of these are, and and then my first thought was actually before I started searching was was Wall-E. I mean, yes. Wall-E is the epitome of that. wall i I've used before, even just clips of Wall-E. So wall you could do as a full text pairing or just pieces of it for supplements too. But what a great commentary on humanity in in so many of those films. And that's what's cool about a film is you're going to get, you know, one of the reasons, you know, you and I and so many other teachers, we are fighting to keep whole texts because it's horrifying to hear how many districts are saying excerpts only, excerpts only, prep for the test, prep for the test. You know, when we do excerpts, we don't get a range of Humanic or character development. You don't get context.
1: I mean, you get you get the context that's given. You don't get interpreted anything. Yeah, no, it's um, it is a big shame. Yes,
0: well, yes. and film, but film exactly is like if you're gonna if you're looking for a text pairing, but don't have time to do two books doing yeah. your central text in a film you're gonna get that start to end development of complex character development of theme you're gonna get tone mood setting context all of that stuff so film was quite cool i was also have you ever seen um her joaquin phoenix yes i falls in love with that 100 guarantee students have
1: not seen that not these students 10 years ago when did that even come out 2013
0: okay Okay. Says Because I'm researching a little bit here. Um, okay. It's as old as my oldest kid. So not that long ago. <laughs> so, but they probably haven't. So they, Why they would definitely they? haven't seen it. No. Um, and thinking about like, you know, Siri and Google Assistant, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. that's Samantha, right? Like she's, yes. Like that would be very cool because I think that also pushes this, this concept that you're looking at is going to be you know, where does the line become problematic, right? Where is the line where we lose our humanity with what our technology pushes us to be capable of or, you know, redefine the way we see the world? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that that film really gets you to that gray area, blurry line, relationship, humanity aspect. So I would say for sure, you're starting in a film. You could do a short story, but there are so many good films out there Well,
1: honestly, I mean, time is a factor. Should it be? No, but it is. Time is a factor. And films are fun. And we've done a lot. I mean, and also taking into context, I've done a lot of reading. We're right now, this is the class that right now I'm I'm in Macbeth, which means we've just done Hamlet. Like we're doing a lot of in-depth text analysis. And so, or like text on the page. Okay, listen, text is anything that you can consume and get information or entertainment from, but. I think it's good. It's it's also going to open up the second quarter. So I feel like it's a good, it'll be right. If I look at it in its place within my entire curriculum, like it's, we're ending this quarter, this first quarter, well, third quarter, but you know what I mean? First half yeah. of the course with uh, choice novels. So mm-hmm. it gets a little loosey goosey you know, things, things, things move. And we, we kind of like do our own thing for a little bit and then come back together for a summative. And then it would be nice to just like come right out of the gate with something that's all together, high engagement, boom. So what I was thinking about with like a documentary and like, I would have to do some deep searching for this. So I don't know that we're going to find this right the second. I mean, we might, it's something about like medical advancement, like something about maybe it's AI, maybe it's, you know, like brain Well, actually, you know, it would work really well is our favorite podcast, Limetown.
0: (laughs) That would be pretty cool. It would take
1: a little too long though. Um, I don't have time for Limetown, but you know But I could. No, I couldn't. But something documentary because I like the nonfiction aspect. And the kind of research and like information that you find driving where you go next the way that it does in a documentary, because I think that's a really important research skill that our kids just don't get to experience because they just like look for something and then use it. I feel like there's got to be something about technological advancements in medicine. Whether it's about prosthetics, whether it's about brain research, whether, you know, like I, there's
0: something. There's plenty of stuff. I mean, I'm just on that. Net- I just typed in medical on Netflix and I've got more than I can sort through right now. Okay. Um, there looks like there's a, do- a docu-series called Diagnosis that looks kind of interesting. The God Committee. I don't know if that's Fictioner, or I don't know. But the, I mean, there's a lot out here. And then be I would do the same search in prime and then Hulu as well. And I bet you'll find something.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and sometimes even YouTube has full blown, yep. like full length documentaries or even, you know, a portion of one that's okay. So it looks like we've got some good ideas for pairings. And I mean, for the purposes of this podcast episode, we want you all to just kind of see like how this process looks. So now my next step for that, I've got some ideas. I think her is probably where I'm going to go If I end up using a full length fiction, I think her is the best way to be. And then like if there's a show or something that's a little bit shorter format that I could use that is nonfiction filmed, that would be the next place. So my next step is vetting things. It's just like watching a bunch of stuff, reading reviews, sorting out what I can't use and won't use, and then going from there. So
0: when I recommend and I like when I helped uh, my teachers, when I'm coaching them, I think Marie's process, cause she's done this before, she's kind of already got it in her head too. But I would say for those of you who are listening, the next step might actually be creating your reading calendar and creating your reading chunks. So if you're going to do Frankenstein, you're going to skip the letters. Maybe you're going to do it in four parts. I Mm -hmm. think it it is broken up into four parts. Mm -hmm. Some versions have it labeled, some don't, uh, but there are definitely four even sections that you could break it into. So for me, in the way that I teach, that's four weeks of reading. And so in that case, I know that I'm looking for four supplementals to have on deck. And I try to build my supplementals in a way that they either punctuate the end of that arc uh-huh. or inspire the beginning of the next one. So I would not start like random loosey goosey searching all over. Cause that can be a really like big time waste sometimes. Right. Um, but I'm thinking about like the big ideas In each of these different arcs, like I I know like the, the section, I believe it would be part two or yeah. Part two. So before the creature, you know, meets the family, it's kind of like, right. (laughs) um, The the trial trial. meet
1: meet the Fockers. That's what I should use. Obviously.
0: Yeah. Done. Um, The, the trial scene would be really cool to pair with any kind of wrongful imprisonment conversations the trial and putting justine right is her name justine on trial Mm -hmm. and she basically says like you know i'm not gonna fight this like this is what it is it is what it is i've kind of i've had to admit my guilt whether i like it or not and like to me with the eq like this is the part of like humanity how do humans treat one another how have we gotten to a place without science in the way And so like, you know, maybe starting to think through those sections and how you can break apart the humanity piece, because the research and all of the nonfiction, you're going to find so much with scientists and cloning and um, technology that the lit, you know, when I think about Frankenstein, the lit is really where that commentary on humanity and those discussions in class should really be started. What you're talking about is getting into the other, the third type of
1: text that we're talking about, which is supplemental. Yeah. So like I was just looking at pairs, which I would want in their full capacity to be able to be something early on that we come back to, or maybe one in the first half and one in the second half. What Amanda is getting at is looking at supplements. And I do have an idea of a couple that I would like.
0: I could always have more, right? Well, You could have them on deck. I mean, throw you them have, no exactly them on a Pinterest board, throw them in your Google Classroom. I mean, yeah, no harm, no foul. Yeah.
1: So, just to like review a Amanda, like this whole entire process, because we both get a little bit deep in and then like, go, wait a minute, we got to zoom out a little bit for those listening who don't necessarily follow our not quite linear thought processes. So, we've got From the very beginning, I already know the themes I'm talking about, technology and humanity. I know the core or the anchor text that I'm using, which is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. I know my essential question how does technology affect our humanity? I know that this is going to take me about four weeks on a quarter system, which is a lot of time. And that normally means that, like, the last part at least of the fourth week is going to be a summative, you know, so like you start putting into place all the different pieces that you know, and then you're able to arrange. Again, if you want more details on all of this planning process, this is exactly what we teach. In Curriculum Rehab, we are glossing over things because uh, there's not enough time in a single podcast episode. We have an entire course dedicated to this whole entire system where you'll make not just a unit, but your whole course-long or year-long calendar and all of the units and all of the lessons and all of the assessments therein within a five module course. So we just we don't want you to think that we're like glossing over, well, we are glossing over on purpose, but I just want you to know where to get all those details. So I've got all those pieces. I know that a pairing in our definition is something that's going to be used in its entirety, or at least at greater length and with more depth and something that we keep coming back to over and over again throughout a unit. And now I'm looking for supplemental texts. And Amanda's just really strategic with the way that she, f- you, I, I, I'll generally use a different, attack on supplemental, I'll just go like free for all Wild West searching and see what I find and then go, does this fit anywhere? No. Does this fit anywhere? No. And I'm like, Which is probably a time waste. But that's where I end up having a lot of random supplements in my pocket for later on that I go, oh, wait a minute. When I was looking for my Frankenstein pair, you know, supplements,
0: I came across this and it would work great with what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. I only say that for people, I get this question a lot is when do you quote fit them in? And so for me, I don't fit them in like they're strategically part of my weekly plan. So when we finish pages one through 80, we will have completed this narrative arc. And so my supplement is designed to be Posted like right next to that piece of the narrative. So, whether it's a poem, a piece of nonfiction, or whatever it is, I don't fit them in or layer them. I actually like they have their own dedicated day of the week. And I'm structurally very aware of that because I want each of those supplements to do something different. For the process, because right when you look at, especially, you know, we talk about, you know, we're not going to spend time here to, to go through this, but some of the texts that we are forced to teach are relatively problematic or just very problematic. I don't even need to mince my words. However, when we are decentering the text and we're talking to you about supplements and pairings, our supplements and our pairings, we are in control of. A variety of voices, a variety of mediums, genres, uh, difficulty and rigor levels. Um, You know, so many things, you know, in Frankenstein, right, is Mary Shelley, good for you, but still kind of considered a classic, right? It's a canon text, but that doesn't mean there can't be non-canon voices in the unit. And we should really be intentional about thinking about how can this unit be representative? I love that the monster, the creature of Frankenstein is such a blank slate right? Like we can talk about Frankenstein and we can talk about the way that that has manifested in racism in the United States. We can talk about how that has manifested in bullying. We can look at, you know all these different things can be, again, why I am loving Frankenstein and so ripped off that I never got to actually teach it, is that sometimes classics do that. They open the door for these more narrow ways of looking at like a universal truth. So I only say like, use strategy if you feel like you're the kind of person that had never has time for a supplement.
1: <laughs> well, like Amanda said, as I, as she's like talking and I'm thinking through all the things she's saying is supplements. I, I guess I was saying it incorrectly when I was saying, where can this fit in? Cause I, I do the same thing. Like I, I, de- I carve out dedicated time and space for other texts because they are quite literally to supplement what we are doing but a text pairing can have just as much weight. A supplement can have just as much weight. You can still assess these sorts of like skills and even content-based things that you're assessing with these other texts that are not your anchor or your core or whatever it is that you're going to call it. And it really does when teachers out there like, like ourselves who feel pinched by expectations, pinched by our own, like what we know is right, right? And like bringing in diverse texts and and, and, like fresh voices and diversity of voice, supplements and pairings. If you are absolutely like prescribed what you have to teach, this is your way. This is your way Mm -hmm. to bring in and pair them against or put them side by side, parallel with, I'm going to say the same thing over and over in different words. When you have prescribed curriculum, you have things that you have to teach because your uh supervisors, right, like expect it out of you, your team expects it out of, uh, expects it out of you, your community, like whatever it is. We're all in very different places all around the world. This is a way to like make your curriculum shine the way that you know it needs to and to give your students what you know they need and to give them the opportunities to hear and see voices that they don't otherwise get the opportunity to hear and see. Okay. Nailed it. Tirade over. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you know, all of this is to say, I know it's helpful for you to hear me talk Marie through her one unit, but we just want to make sure that we zoom out and give you some of the context and things that feed our conversations offline um, that you're not always privy to. Yes. And that's, you know, that's really just where we're at in that thought process. So I, I you know for me the the supplemental the even the text pairing, you know, there's a lot of creative approaches and philosophies you can take on. I mean whether that's, you know, genre based. Maybe you don't have a poetry unit, so you want to be really intentional about all your supplementals being poetry or music. I mean, you can do that. Um, you can make sure that they're all nonfiction because that's something that you're really passionate about and that students really need more of. Go for it. If you want to hodgepodge and hodgepodge it up, be my guest. I'm and a the big hodgepodge. Yes. Is, well, and Marie also, okay, you guys don't know this. Or maybe you, I'm sure you do actually. Marie is a seasoned veteran teacher. She's been around the block a couple of times. So getting lost in supplement world is something that you can afford to do when you are not scrambling to do other things that maybe earlier in your career you're scrambling to do. So all of this is, you know, take with a grain of salt, take whatever version of my story, Marie's story, our approaches that is best to fit for you and send us a DM if you want some more clarification. I mean, we're happy to do that.
1: Yes. And we're happy to keep creating episodes like this because we know that not everybody out there has the other half of a duo like the two of us have. Right. Like I'm very, very lucky. And I say this all the time on the podcast and in my other channels. I have friends in my department who I can talk to like this. I have friends at other schools in my district who are very close. We can drive to each other's houses and like have these conversations. I have Amanda with whom I have these conversations all day, every day. She's like nodding like, yes, I know, Marie, every day, every day. And we know that not everybody has that or has that kind of a comfort level. And so we're not saying, ha ha, you can only do it if you've got what we've got. We're saying this is what it can sound like. So if you can have this kind of a conversation with your notebook or you can talk to yourself out loud and you can hear the thought process through with a couple of brains, it always helps me in my thought process hearing other people. So that's why we do and you, and we hear from you listeners that you like these
0: types of episodes. So that's what we're here for, to help. And if we bring it all back to Frankenstein, I, you know, to kind of close out here for listeners and for Marie, cause you're the one listening right now. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think Marie's question has me in a very good kind of spin, like I'm spinning with ideas uh-huh. and I, and I really think uh, when it comes to humanity, I would focus Marie, I would focus on empathy Yeah. Right. And like getting kids to answer that question, like what does it take to have humility or what does, what is, what is humanity? You know, what, what, how do we show each other humanity? I mean, I think about the creature and just like the the parts where I cry in this book is a lack of empathy and understanding for another person, another creature. Um, So humanity to me and empathy, they need to go together. For sure, and just I I think even having kids making a list of what that is—I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, I think that that's really important. And then, of course, the technology can go so many directions.
1: Well, and I think a big thing to kind of close out, like getting back to the meat of what we're talking about, too, that I want to focus on is society. What is the function of society? Why do we have community? Yes, biologically, animals or animals, humans are pack animals. Like survival at, at our like. I don't know, biological state is often dependent on having others around us to help survive. But like, yeah, we're we're beyond that. And yet we still have a global community because of technology. So like, what is the function and purpose of society and of a a like interconnected community on a small scale, a medium scale, a global scale? That's like one of the big conversations. Also, that's what I want to send seniors out into the world with that kind of thought. Yeah. So that's empathy, that's humanity, that's that's like the angle that I that the conversation's going to go at is like, yes, we are all but one little snowflake in a big snow drift. I'm looking at snow out the window. So that's where I'm well,
0: at. Well, and look, looking at the things like what derails our empathy, you know, what derails our humanity. I mean, for Victor Frankenstein, I mean, obsession, right? Like that's kind of where it begins and then complete and total, like lack of empathy. He's never able to get on board. He can't, I mean, he can't solve this problem. We're begging him to, we're begging him, but he's, he just, it's just, Oh God, I want to be a fly on the wall in your classroom as kids are learning about how this poor monster is turned away every single time. I'm excited. I will, uh, I will keep you all updated as I go. So
1: thank you, Amanda. And thank you all for listening. We hope that this has been helpful. We hope that this has helped at least get like the thought process going and you can see where we even start when we're looking for something to bring into our classroom. Cause that is intimidating to just not even
0: know where to start. And uh, Yeah going to be a good one. Thanks everyone for joining us. We would love, love, love your rating and review of the podcast on Apple podcast. That helps us so much in our ability to reach more teachers and share our support system, which is you and all of these resources here in our community. So we would love that from you. If you have a chance, just pause us, go on over there and write it up. Yes. And if you want more information about Curriculum Rehab,
1: which I mentioned a little bit earlier, our like signature course where you will design your entire curriculum or you'll rehab your entire curriculum, um, head over to BraveNewTeaching.com and we have a place where you can go and find out more information about that. And with that, friends, we will bid you adieu. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next
0: time. bye <laughs> thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school.